Open your Bible this morning, please, to Psalm 145. Psalm 145. You'll need a copy of God's Word today. If you didn't bring one yourself, there should be one in the rack near you, in front of you, uh, right down from you. I'm only going to project one verse of Scripture in our whole time together, so you'll need this psalm in front of you. And uh, once you find it, leave it open. And uh, we're going to reference it all throughout uh, the message today. So find Psalm 145, please. Now, as we come to the last Sunday and the last week of 2015, uh, it's hard not to think about where we, what we've experienced uh, during this year. Uh, you know, throughout a year's time, our lives sing all kinds of songs. Sad songs and bad songs and mad songs and glad songs. <laughs> we sing all kinds of songs. We make all kinds of music uh, in a year's time. But this, this morning, today, I want us to end on a high note. I want us to actually end on the highest note, actually. I want us to end with a song of praise for our great God. You know, if we're not careful, we can forget. Uh, we can forget just how great our God uh, really is. It reminds me of the story that Joe Stoll told about a time when he and his wife, Marty, uh, visited Niagara Falls. And he said a man that was nearby, a man was watching them. He was watching their tourist behavior. You, you've been a tourist, no doubt, somewhere. You know how tourists behave, right? And they ooh and all ah and all those things. But a man was watching uh, Joe and Marty Stoll and their, uh, their tourist behavior. And here's what the man said. Ain't nothing to it. I see it every day. Niagara Falls. Ain't nothing to it. I see it every day. And uh, Joel Stoll noted that although God's glory is clearly displayed all around us, sometimes the busyness of everyday life blocks our view. We take for granted his amazing work in our lives. We lose the wonder of the cross. We forget the privilege of being his child. And we neglect the pleasure of his presence and miss the beauty of his creation. And I think he's right. And that being the case, I want to spend our last few minutes together on a Sunday morning here in 2015, reminding ourselves of just how great our God really is and how much we should be praising him as we end on a high note. You found Psalm 145, I hope, by now. And again, once we're done reading through it, I'm going to read it. You follow along. Uh, keep that open in your lap. We're going to reference it all throughout today's message. So keep it open and uh, ready to reference as we go back and keep dipping in uh, this psalm of praise. And if you notice, uh, your Bible may have it this way at the top. Most do. It's a praise of David. Not just a psalm of David, as we often read, but it says a praise of David. Uh, this is a praise psalm. Let's begin reading. I'll begin reading at verse number one. Read the entire uh, psalm. Uh, and you follow along as I read in your copy of God's word, please. I will extol you, my God, O King, and I will bless your name forever and ever. Every day I will bless you and I will praise your name forever and ever. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised and his greatness is unsearchable. One generation shall praise your works to another and shall declare your mighty acts. I will meditate on the glorious splendor of your majesty and on your wondrous works. Men shall speak of the might of your awesome acts, and I will declare your greatness. They shall utter the memory of your great goodness and shall sing of your righteousness. The Lord is gracious and full of compassion, slow to anger and great in mercy. 
The Lord is good to all and his tender mercies are over all his works. And your works shall praise you, O Lord, and your saints shall bless you. They shall speak of the glory of your kingdom and talk of your power to make known to the sons of men his mighty acts and the glorious majesty of his kingdom. Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom and your dominion endures throughout all generations. The Lord upholds all who fall and raises up all who are bowed down. The eyes of all look expectantly to you and you give them their food in due season. You open your hand and satisfy the desire of every living thing. The Lord is righteous in all his ways, gracious in all his works. The Lord is near to all who call upon him, to all who call upon him in truth. He will fulfill the desires of those who fear him. He also will hear their cry and save them. The Lord preserves all who love him, but all the wicked he will destroy. My mouth shall speak the praise of the Lord and all flesh shall bless his holy name forever and ever. Amen. You know, the Psalms are not always easy to outline. Some of them are quite difficult to outline. But as I was studying Psalm 145, I did run across a wonderful outline uh, from Stephen Lawson. And I think it's worth sharing with you quickly because it'll kind of give you a big picture of what's going on here. And you're going to notice the key is praise. We see praise for God's greatness in verses 1 through 6. We see praise for God's goodness in verses 7 through 10. We see praise for God's government in 11 through 13a. We see praise for God's generosity in 13b through 16. And we see praise for God's grace in verses 17 through 21. So he's praising God here for his greatness, his goodness, his government, his generosity, and his grace. And the key, of course, is praise. And he is filled with praise for God Almighty. Now, here's the thing, beloved. I want you to look again there at verse number three. In verse number three, we find what I think is probably the key verse to this entire thing. Verse number three of Psalm 145 says, Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised, and his greatness is unsearchable. Look at it again. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised, and his greatness is unsearchable. He makes some statements of fact in verse number three. In fact, three statements that we notice in verse number three. First of all, he notes that the Lord is great. The Lord is great. Great is the Lord. So he says, well, the Lord is great. And then he says, we should praise the Lord. I mean, it's just just that simple. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. And then I love the last part. The last statement of fact he makes there in verse 3 is pretty much this. We can't fully understand just how great he is. We can't fully understand just how great he is. Look at it again. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. And his greatness is unsearchable. We'll never understand the depths and the height and the width and the breadth of just how great our God really is. And though it's impossible to understand just how great he is, David does his best. In this psalm to lay out many reasons why God is so great and why he is worthy of our praise. And in fact, as I meditated on this psalm this uh, past week, I noticed that praise is directed to the Lord from many different sources and many different directions. 
Notice, if you will, that the psalmist David personally praises the Lord. Look back at verses 1 and 2. I will extol you, my God, O King, and I will bless your name forever and ever. Every day I will bless you and I will praise your name forever and ever. Look at verse 5. I will meditate on the glorious splendor of your majesty and on your wondrous works. Look at verse 21. My mouth shall speak the praise of the Lord and all flesh shall bless his holy name forever and ever. And so we find praises coming from David personally. He personally praises the Lord. But then notice in the psalm as well that God's own works praise him. God's own works praise. Look at verse 4. This is just kind of setting the stage. Look at verse 4. One generation shall praise your works to another and shall declare your mighty acts. Look at verse 10. All your works shall praise you, O Lord, and your saints shall bless you. And so we find that David is personally praising the Lord. God's own works are praising the Lord. And then we find there are groups of people who praise the Lord in this psalm. Groups of people. First of all, we find the generations. Look at verse 4 again. One generation shall praise your works to another and shall declare your mighty acts. That's been going on here at Red Hill Baptist Church for 150 plus years. One generation praising the Lord's works to the next generation, then that generation to the next generation, then that generation to the next generation. And that's how we do it. And that's how it should be, as we find the generations of people praising the Lord. Here in this room, there are different generations of people praising the Lord together. And we find it there in verse 4. We find men in general uh, are, are mentioned here. People in general. Look at verses 6 and 7. Men shall speak of the might of your awesome acts, and I will declare your greatness. They shall utter the memory of your great goodness and shall sing of your righteousness. So we have the generations, we have men, that is people in general. And then we find the saints, God's saints. They praise the Lord. Look at verses 10 and 11. All your works shall praise you, O Lord, and your saints shall bless you. And by the way, you say, well, I'm no saint. If you're a Christian, you're a saint. Either you're a saint or you ain't. Uh, Pardon my grammar, but you're a saint. You're a saint of God. Look at verse 11. They shall speak, talking about the saints. They shall speak of the glory of your kingdom and talk of your power. You see, different sources, different directions, praise is flowing to the Lord. David's personally praising him. God's own works are praising him. The generations are praising him. Men are praising him. His saints are praising him. And it's interesting, it ends with all flesh praising him. Look at verse 21. My mouth shall speak the praise of the Lord, and all flesh shall bless his holy name forever and ever. As you see, beloved... This psalm is filled with praise. No matter where you squeeze it, praise just flows out. That's what Psalm 145 is all about here. There's so much here, we could easily spend a great deal of time unpacking this psalm. And I even contemplated, maybe I should make this a a multi-message, but I said, no, I'm not going to do that. By the way, if you'll come back next week, I'm going to take the Word of God and, and, and preach a message on how to have a great year. So I want you to be here, invite somebody with you. How to have a great year. We'll look at that next week, God willing. But I want to just unpack here three uh, great things we're reminded of in this passage of Scripture. And three things we find that should help us to get to where David was. David's filled with praise. And I think if we'll capture these three things, it will help us to be filled with praise. And so I want to point out to you just three main things today. Number one, I want to remind us all from this psalm that the Lord, this past year, the Lord has been good to us. This past year, the Lord has been good to us. 
Look at verse 7, 7 through 10. They shall utter the memory of your great goodness and shall sing of your righteousness. The Lord is gracious and full of compassion, slow to anger and great in mercy. The Lord is good to all and his tender mercies are over all his works. All your works shall praise you, O Lord, and your saints shall bless you. The Lord, this, this past year, the Lord has been good to us. Now, maybe you're thinking, wait a minute, preacher. He hasn't been good to me. You don't know what I've gone through. You don't know what I've faced. You don't know what I've suffered. No, friend, perhaps I don't. And I don't discount those things, and I'm sorry that you've experienced those things. But that does not change the fact that God has been good to you. God has been good to you. In fact, according to verse 9, he's been good to every person on planet Earth by his common grace. Think about the way that God has been good to you this year. He's given you life. He's given you sunshine. He's given you air to breathe. He's given you water to drink. He's given you food to eat. The Bible reminds us here in this passage that he's been slow to anger. He's been gracious. He's been kind. He's been merciful. He's been good to us because he is good. Now, listen, I know many here have had a rough year in many areas. Sickness and sorrow and suffering in so many ways. But if you're honest, wouldn't you say today that even in those times of sickness and suffering and sorrow on those darkest days, God has been so good to you. He's been so good. He's been so good. And then think about all the good things that's come to your life. I know sometimes we focus upon what the bad things happen, but just take a moment and think about all the good things that have happened and come into your life this past year. They've come to you from the hand of of a gracious, mighty, good God. Every good gift and every perfect gift coming from above, from the Father of lights, and there's no uh, variable, it's never a shadow of turning. And the Lord's been good to us this past year in so many ways, in so many areas. The Lord has been good to us. We should praise Him. A second thought. The Lord has provided for us this past year. The Lord has provided for us this past year. Notice verses 15 through 17. The Bible says in verse 15, the eyes of all look expectantly to you and you give them their food in due season. You open your hand and satisfy the desire of every living thing, every living thing. The Lord is righteous in all his ways, gracious in all his works. You know, in our uncertain world. And in our uncertain economy, God has been so faithful in providing for us. He's met our needs. He's met our needs. We've had food. We've had shelter. We've had clothing. We've had the basic necessities of life. They've been given to us by God's good hand. But a lot of us, if we were honest today and fully honest with one another and honest with God, we'd have to say, you know what? We've not only had the necessities of life. We've had many of the niceties of life, many of the luxuries of life, the things that we don't have to have. The things that are not required for us to live. But God has been so gracious in giving those things to us. Now think about for a moment just how dependent upon the Lord we really are. Verse 15 says the eyes of all look to the Lord for food. All. 
So from a little inchworm to a bug to the cockroach to a rat to a horse to, to people, you name it. All things have to look to the Lord ultimately in order to live. Why? Because he's the one that provides for them. All things, all living things look to you. They look expectantly to you. And I love the next part of the verse in verse 15. And you give them their food in due season. I love verse 16. You open your hand and you satisfy the desire of every living thing. Everyone is dependent upon the Lord for our basic survival. And he's provided yet again. 2015, day in and day out, day in and day out, day in and day out, week by week, month by month. God has provided for us. And he's worthy of our praise. But we're like the old codger at Niagara Falls. It ain't nothing. We see it every day. It ain't nothing. We see it every day. God help us. God help us. Open our eyes. Forgive us. How can we take for granted his goodness, his provision, his kindness, his graciousness, his mercy to us in providing for us? The Lord has been good to us. The Lord has provided for us. How can we help but praise him when we think about and realize just how good he's been to us and how he's provided for us and he's worthy of our praise? But by the way. We're focusing mainly in this message on what he's done toward us and how he's provided for us and how he's been good to us. He's worthy of praise just because of who he is. He's worthy of praise if he did nothing for us. He's worthy of praise if he didn't create us. He's worthy of praise whether he created the world or not. He did that out of his goodness, but just his being, just who he is alone is enough for us to praise him. But then you compound that with how he's been good to us. And how he's provided for us. Then one more thought from this passage. This passage, the Lord has been good to us. The Lord has provided for us. And the Lord has preserved us. The Lord has preserved us. Look at verse 14. Verse 14 says, The Lord upholds all who fall and raises up all who are bowed down. Drop down to verse 19 and 20. 19. He will fulfill the desires of those who fear him. He also will hear their cry and save them. Look at verse 20. The Lord preserves all who love him, but all the wicked he will destroy. Now listen, the fact that we're here today in this service, alive and in our right minds, is proof that the Lord has preserved us. Think about all the things we face on a daily basis, beloved. From 18-wheelers thundering down the highways to hunters with high-powered rifles in the woods. From food poisoning to falling downstairs. Think about all the things that we face on a daily basis. One little accident and our earthly life would come to an end. And guess what? We're still here. (laughs) We're still here. Why? Because the Lord's preserved us. The Lord has preserved us. And not just physically. As great as that is. He preserves us emotionally. He preserves us financially. And He preserves us spiritually. The Lord has preserved us. Where would we be today without the Lord? You know where we'd be? We'd be in a heap of trouble. We'd be in a heap of trouble without the Lord. As I meditated on this psalm, I was struck with the theme of eternity. He not only preserves those who are his here and now, he preserves them for all eternity. Look at verse one. 
I will extol you, my God, O King, and I will bless your name. When? How long? Forever and ever. Every day I will bless you and I will praise your name. How long? Forever and ever. Now, David's desire was to bless and praise the Lord every day and then forever. And you know what? He still is. He's doing it right now. He blessed the Lord day by day, and now he's blessing the Lord forever and ever. Our job, our desire, our goal as believers should be to bless the Lord every day and forever and ever. Listen, we're just tuning up for eternity. We're just practicing for eternity. All throughout eternity, forever and ever, we're going to be praising the Lord. Our praise begins here upon the earth, and then it will crescendo throughout all eternity in heaven as we praise His glorious, majestic name. But notice it says... Those who know him. Only those who know him. Only those who have received him as their Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. There are frightening words in verse 20 you dare not miss. They're frightening words. Look at verse 20 again. The Lord preserves all who love him, but all the wicked he will destroy. Those who do not love him. Those who reject the Lord Jesus Christ as Savior will be turned into hell. A fearful, dreadful, eternal place. Beloved, the Lord's been good to you. The Lord's been good to me. And he's been good to us whether we know it or not. And he's been good to you whether you know him or not. He's been good to you. And he desires for you to personally experience his goodness as you serve him as Savior and King. Think about David here for a moment. Now, David is the king. But notice what he says in verse one. I will extol you, my God. What's the next two words? O king. And I will bless your name forever. You see, David, King David, David knew that God was King and God was Lord and King David says, God, you're my king. You're my Lord. I serve you. And beloved, he's worthy of praise. He's worthy of worship. He's worthy of your life. And if you haven't already, I want to encourage you today to give your life to Jesus Christ. Give your life to Christ. You'll never regret it. The Lord's been good to us, beloved. 2015 is almost in the books. We're almost done. But we know these three things are true. The Lord has been good to us. The Lord has provided for us. And the Lord has preserved us. So let us praise His name today. Let us praise His name and exalt His name tomorrow. And let us praise His name forever. And let's end this note on a high note. A note of praise. You know, as I was wrapping up this message, I got to thinking and I thought about a little chorus that I've known, I guess, for as long as I could sing. We used to sing it at church. A little chorus called God is so good. Do you all know that song? I thought, why don't we close this service? Sing that little chorus. In fact, we'll even skip the one that's in the hymn book. We're just going to sing a little chorus. Then we'll pray and we'll go. We'll sing two or three verses of it. You know, it's a little chorus. You can just keep adding verses to it. It's really easy. If you, if you can write three words, you can add another verse. But would you sing it with me? God is so good. God.
answers prayer. He answers prayer. He answers prayer. He answers prayer. He's so good to me. He's coming soon. He's coming soon. He's coming soon. He's coming soon. He's so good to me. Father, you are so good to us. And we pray today, even so come, Lord Jesus. We know it could be today, any hour, any moment. We look forward to that day. We'll be with you throughout all eternity. Father, on behalf of this church, I want to say thank you for the way that you blessed us. You blessed us corporately as a church and you blessed us individually and as families. You've been so good to us in 2015. You provided for us in so many ways, not only the necessities of life, but many of those luxuries as well. And then, Lord, thou knowest that you have preserved us. Great is thy faithfulness. We know without you we could not make it through this day. We could not make it through this hour. But you preserved us, your hand of protection, your hand of healing, your guiding hand. You have blessed us in so many ways, and we praise your holy name. And we join with David today, the psalmist. Our desire, O God, is to bless you today and forever, to exalt you today and forever. And Father, I pray that you would help us to focus more and more in the coming days on you and your goodness and your grace and your glory. Father, I do pray for those who've had a difficult year in 2015. And I know there are some who are here today that have been weighed down with such burdens, such heartaches, such sorrows, such sickness. And Lord, maybe they're even growing discouraged. Lord, would you comfort their hearts and would you lift their hearts in praise and help them to catch a fresh glimpse of your goodness and your grace and your glory. And Father, minister to their lives in the way only you can right now. And then, Father, I rejoice with those who this past year have maybe welcomed new ones into their family. They've had great things happen in their lives. And Lord, we just want to praise you again on their behalf. That you bless them in such wonderful ways. Lord, may you receive all the honor and all the glory. And may they exalt your name through all of those blessings and your goodness in their lives. Now, Father, I pray that you'll go with us today. And help us to be filled with praise. And I do pray if there's anyone here today who does not love you. Who does not know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Don't let them leave the building Until they find me or someone else and inquire about how how they too can come into saving faith 
in the Lord Jesus Christ. We love you and we praise you and we exalt you now. And we pray this in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen.